Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Carmela Ramalia is the author of Food is Not a Four-Letter Word. Carmela empowers women to ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim their lives while optimizing physical results. Her signature model of alignment and happy calories don't count method is the result of reverse engineering the process she discovered during her own journey of healing and transforming her own painful issues around her body and her weight. Through writing, speaking, group, and private coaching, she helps women all across the world create a body and a life they love. She lives in the Seattle area and studied economics and Italian at Gonzaga University and went back for graduate school and education. She actually used to teach high school economics, calculus, and geometry, and is a certified Pilates instructor running her own studio since 2004. Her first book was called Happy Calories Don't Count, and now she's working on Your Most Magnificent You. All right. Welcome, Carmela. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, a health and wellness show about helping us all feel better in our bodies. And your book is so perfect. Food is not a four-letter word. I was like, this is the best title ever. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And of course I say that to you and you're like, which one? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Happy calories don't count. Also a great title. But you know, yes, yes, <laughs> food is not a four. And what's funny is that I actually wrote it a couple of years ago, and I wanted this one to actually do something, you know, like really transform, you know, our whole consciousness about, you know, so much, so many of us just have this chronic don't feel good about ourselves because of our bodies. And so I really wanted this one to like, because I self-published the first one. I'm like, I want to be like New York times number one, like just go out there, make an impact. And so I actually started looking for literary agents and, you know, publishing houses to do, to do the appropriate channels and everything. And everyone I talked to said, I hate that title. That title's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, okay, you are so not my audience. (laughs) You are so not my audience. So what did you end up doing? I ended up self-publishing again. <laughs> it was just like COVID hit. And then it was like, I wasn't really, I wasn't teaching Pilates. The studio was closed. And so I was like, I can't just sit around. You know, every time I would see something on social media or hear something on the news about the COVID-19 pounds, you know, and and all the stuff people would talk about from the perspective of the diet and exercise model, it would just make me crazy. I just get mad. And so I just decided instead of getting mad at the TV or mad at the computer, I would just publish the book myself. And then, you know, at least that way my message is out in the world. And then, you know, if people like it and they want to amplify it, yay, but at least I said my piece. There you go. And now I don't, I said my piece. I love that. I totally love it. And, and in the beginning of your book, you were talking about how, 
for you, like the conclusion to your first book is obvious, sort of like what to do after the book, right? Like how to take what your messaging is and put it into practice. Because for you, like that made so much sense. And it was, I was talking to my husband about this yesterday because it's like when people say, you know, oh, well, this recipe is so easy, right? It's so easy. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, it's not easy if you don't know how to cook. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's it's really easy for the people who already know how to cook. For them, it seems yeah. like it's totally basic. And I feel like it's sort of the same because you're like, oh, well, I knew what to do. But this book is about telling the rest of us sort of like what to do or what you've learned and all of what that. What to do, what to do. Yeah. And it's really interesting because part of the book, what I really wanted to do, because I've had oh, so much pain so much pain and drama around all of this stuff. And I spent so many years in and out of hospitals for an eating disorder. I spent so many years, you know, doing the, the therapy and, and the law of attraction stuff and the spirituality. And, you know, I was into a course of miracles for a really long time. I mean, I would mainline Marianne Williamson tapes, like before there were podcasts and before everything was streaming, you know, you had to go to a lecture and then her publishing company would record the lecture and put it out on an audio tape. And I would scour the bookstores, you know, for these audio tapes I would listen to in my car. And what I've noticed you know, just through my own evolution and sort of coming through the other side of it, that we all use the same language, but it's just so nuanced. And it's, and I think that's the really hard part in trying to learn how to come to that place is that we use the same, like surrender. Oh, surrender. What does that mean? Or, oh, acceptance. It's a lot of these words are tossed around. Love your body. Just love your body. You know, it's just all about loving yourself. Well, yeah, how do I do that? You know, and and the the nuance in the language about what the intention is, but also the nuance in the language about where the person who's hearing the message is coming from. If they are in a place of pain and desperation that I was in for a very, very, very long time, I would hear things and like, oh, you mean I can just say my mantra and like bless my food and then, you know, all the drama will go away. And it's, it's, it's a, those things are true, but it's, it's at a deeper level, you know? And so it's what I try to do is step-by-step get out of diet and exercise drama land, and then everything else will make sense. So do you mind telling everybody more about like the pain parts of life? Oh, oh my God. Oh, not at all. And I think, I think two things saved my life, acting and Pilates because, oh, and don't mind, don't mind me if I cry Uh, um, that I, my entire life. And I think this is one reason that I'm so excited to be on this show with you because you specifically have a group of moms and my mom is awesome. She is the fiercest mama bear around. I love her so much. And I love you, Grammy. I do. I love you. I love you. There was a culture of in our, in our extended family of you needed to look a certain way, you know, and, and you needed to be a certain weight. And, and there were comments all the time about what you looked like and whether you've gained weight or whether you've lost weight. And it was always when you weren't in the room. And so you always knew that it was happening to you because you heard it happen to everybody else. Mm. And so, you know, it's so much so that like every woman in my family has some sort of issue with it. And I was the one that I guess I was just stubborn enough to keep going because rational people, 
rational people, if you are doing a diet and exercise program and it starts to become painful, you kind of quit. <laughs> I had in my head because I was a kid, you know, and, and as a kid, you don't really have the nuance of what's going on. And it was just eat less, move more. I'm like, okay, eat less, move more. And, and I wanted Grammy's love and approval. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to be the perfect girl and I wanted everything, you know, to, to be okay. And I would be okay. And so that was through my whole childhood, but it wasn't until I was a teenager and had a little bit more autonomy that I don't know how my little no junk food diet to not, to, to look cute in my cheerleading uniform turned into anorexia, like to the extreme sense. It, it was actually interesting. I was talking to a client the other day that I didn't realize it at the time. And I haven't, it's like 40, 50 years later, I'm realizing it, that the anorexia piece was a way to spite my dad. It's like, I'm going to starve myself and I'm going to commit suicide in front of you, you know, and you can't do anything about it because I'm a really good girl. I'm, I'm not doing anything bad. You're, you're supposed to look good. You're supposed to eat healthy. You're supposed to be in shape. And, and I'm doing all of those things, you know? And so I ended up in the hospital and I spent about 10 years on that track of going in and out of the hospitals because the, the doctors, the, what they did do was a very important job. They kept me at a medically stable weight. They kept me alive. <laughs> that was a very important thing to do. They kept me alive. But the thing that they did, did that was very painful and not helpful at all was try to heal an eating disorder from within the context of the diet and exercise model. And that was the piece that it took me a really long time to figure out because, you know, Hey, I'm at this medically stable weight. Hey, you know, I'm doing all the therapy. How come I'm still in pain about my body? And then in my mid twenties, I don't know why, I shouldn't have, but I started gaining weight. And if you're looking at that math equation of calories in, calories out, you know, I'm, I shouldn't be gaining weight. I'm, I'm being really careful about how much I'm eating and how much I'm exercising because I don't want to gain weight and get fat. But oh my God, if I lose weight, I know I'm back in the hospital. Can't, can't deal with that. So I was really careful about it and I just started gaining weight. And that was really hard because I felt out of control with the anorexia and when it, when it was working, I, I had some sort of control over my body and my life. And, you know, I felt like, Hey, I, this completely out of control in the scariest way possible. And what would happen is the doctors would send me to therapy and the therapist thought I just had still had an eating disorder mindset because I was too focused on my body and my weight. And I had body dysmorphia and all of this stuff, you know, the stuff that would warrant a legitimate conversation in today's society. It's like, yeah, we all know about health, but how come we all feel like crap all the time? How come we have this, this anxiety, this monkey on our back all the time, no matter how much, how much hair and makeup we put on and, you know, put on the fancy clothes and try to play the game. There's that, that just that whisper in the back of your head about, you know, you're not quite good enough. And it, it took me a really long time to figure out because the doctors would bring it back to, well, just eat healthy, you know, just eat, eat right and exercise. Right. And, and what I would see is I would, what really transformed me was if you have an eating disorder that there are, there are two parts of an eating disorder. There is the personality type that would cause the, the crazy dysfunction, like you're going to kill yourself 
to begin with. And there's a subset of the population that has that. And then there are, there's everyone else, every other woman in the world that, that we might, we, you you might not be crazy enough to be like me, but you still have all of the junk that you have to deal with. And so what happened to me is like, okay, I'm healing all of the mommy issues and the daddy issues, but I still got to deal with the junk. You're not telling me how to, to deal with this. And so here I am at a medically stable weight and I'm still stressed out and anxious all the time. And if I want to talk about this stuff that we all experience because of my history, I've been labeled as, you know, body dysmorphia or having, having an eating disorder mindset or something like that. When I'm legitimately saying, look, you're telling me the rules of how to play this health game, how to play this with eat certain foods, do certain things, and you'll be healthy. And I am doing those rules and I'm not getting the results. And so I had this dark, I had a couple of dark nights of the soul, but I think what really saved me from the anorexia piece is if, if, and this is for people who are dealing with that kind of dysfunction, if you're someone who loves them, there's nothing you are, you can say or do to, you know, make them change their mind. What needs to happen is from within them, they need to have something that they want more than the eating disorder. And for me, that was acting. I wanted to be an actress more than I wanted to be the skinniest person in the room. And it was like, and I wrote about it in the book. I couldn't take a freaking bite out of a lettuce burrito. You know, I mean, it's it's a lettuce burrito. And there was another story where I was in college and I came home for spring break and my agent called and said like, hey, you know, they're filming this, this movie called Singles in Seattle. They'll be doing it while you're, where you're home from spring break. Do you want to just go in and be an extra? And I'm like, Sure, that sounds fun. I've never been on a major movie set before. And so call time was like 6 a.m. And you never want to be late. So I got up at 2 a.m. So I could work out for two hours, then an hour to do my hair and makeup and then leave and then get to set. And for anyone who doesn't know about what film sets are like, they've got tables and tables of food and drinks and I'm starving. I am seriously, physically starving. And it took every ounce of energy that I had to not eat, that I'm watching everything that's happening. And I'm like, there is no way I'm going to be able to hit my mark and say my line with any kind of authenticity or any kind of like acting, you know, chops if I am working so hard just to not eat. And in my acting classes, we'd have to create these scenarios and I'd be listening to what was going on in the head of this person. And it seemed so deep and meaningful. And the thing that made me me upset was that, oh, I didn't get my workout in that day. And I'm like, girlfriend, you are crazy. We need to work on this. You know, if you want, if you want something else, we need to work on this. And so that was the thing that I wanted more than the eating disorder. And so for it will be different for everybody. You know, it might be a relationship. It might be a child. It might be whatever, but you need to have something, you want something more than what this is giving you because no matter how they will, you know, try to diagnose and psychologically heal all of those issues, those issues are still there. And then you get to a point where, yeah, it's a daddy issue. So what, you know, this is serving me. You, you have an eating disorder because it is serving you in some way. And so you need something that you want more than that to be willing to give it up. 
And then the other piece was Pilates. I was very fortunate. And it's funny how they dovetail together because I found out about Pilates from a girl I was in a play with. So acting in Pilates together. But in Pilates, I hit it at a time before it was super popular. So there was only one studio in Seattle. There weren't YouTube videos. You know, there weren't, there wasn't a studio on every corner. So I had no idea what it looked like. And it was a really small studio and there weren't any mirrors. And so I, all I could do was just go in and do what my instructor told me to do and doing what my instructor told me to do. It was like crazy, this thing where my body's moving and it doesn't hurt. And, and it's feeling like she's making me connect with my body and, and, this is wild, you know, because until then working out was a way to beat up my body or to punish my body or to, you know, um, yeah, be mean to my body, hate myself to try to burn off all those calories and, and all that stuff. And with Pilates, and I know, because if I would have seen, if I would have tried to start Pilates today in the mindset that I was in before, I would have looked at it and said, that is so easy. That is so not hard. You were, it's like, I would have been, I would have been a CrossFit girl, you know? (laughs) And, and then what's funny now is that now in the place that I'm in, there's no way I would even go, go, go close to CrossFit because I know that in my body, I can't hold the alignment and the proper muscular engagement that I need to do to be effective and optimized in that kind of environment, you know, that hardcore and that fast paced. So, you know, I've gotten a little wiser as I've gotten older. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Carmilla, what a story. Wow. <laughs> so in your plan, kind of for the layperson, like what are yes. some of the most important things? What should what seems so easy to you now in retrospect that might be challenging? What should I what should we do? Well, so what I want you to do is something that I want you to not do, but you can't do it if I don't give you something else to do. Okay. So the to do is not going to make any sense until I tell you what not to okay. do. So what you got to do is you got to get out of diet drama land. You got to get out of thinking that in, in terms of the diet and exercise model. And I think everyone knows what I mean by you, know, you eat this, exercise that, balance it out kind of thing, or eat good food or exercise good ways and you get your results. Got to stop thinking in those terms because number one, it doesn't work. (laughs) And then number two, it disconnects you from the wisdom of your body, which is really the key. Follow the guidance of your body. But you don't realize, and I didn't realize until until I kind of looked at it as a character study, we just think this on autopilot. It is just, it is so, it's, it's literally like being in the matrix. I need you to take the red pill. (laughs) That's what I need you to do. I need you to, Every, every time you have a thought, every time you have a conversation, every time you read a magazine headline, or you see the little coming up next on the, on the screen about the little hook to keep you coming back after the commercial, every time you see something that has to do with weight, food, exercise, look at it critically and, and see if you don't see how it goes into that diet and exercise model. You know, it's like, oh, emotional eating is bad because, you know, then you're eating to upset this caloric balance sheet. You don't want to do that. Or, oh, this is going to be a great workout because it's going to burn so many calories. Or your friend saying, oh, I really shouldn't eat that. It's okay. I'll run it off later. You know, though, all of those kinds of things that we are living in 
I mean, like when I say it's the matrix, I'm not joking. It's, and, and what happens is, is I don't think that there's some, you know, wizard behind the green curtain. I think it's like this organic evolution that has happened that we have this cultural idea and then everybody uses this to market their products and services, which then reinforces this idea because then we get this in our head and, and the entire fitness industry is like that. And, and so it's interesting because I'm in the fitness industry and, and I have to, I just have to like tune it out, tune it out, tune it out. So, you know, to do a geeky Star Trek reference, you know, shields up and, you know, you create your little bubble that that is not real. It, it, it's not real for you. And then, and then it sounds all woo woo and metaphysics. Like, what do you mean? It can't be real because this is like hardcore 3d stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. I'm sure everyone, you know, if you really stop and think about it, has had some sort of experience where you, you weren't focused on your body or your weight for some reason, you know, you, you were excited about a job promotion or you, you know, you were started a new relationship or something and you just weren't thinking about it. And the weight kind of came off a little bit and you don't know why or how. And then there are times where you actively really try and really give it your best, that diet, that exercise program, whatever. And you don't get any spectacular results. You might lose two pounds if that, you know, and then everybody's thinking that you're cheating, you know, and I'm like, no. And the best, the best metaphor I can kind of just generally say to people like, Hey, you know, think about this, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be woo woo spirituality. You know, if the diet and exercise model and how trainers and how the world is thinking about it in terms of like food is fuel, this is the new thing. Oh, think about food as fuel for your body. And, you know, it's this combustion engine and, you know, like the exercise is the heat and, you know, and you're going to have this fire for your metabolism that's going to burn really hot. You're going to burn all these calories. Well, anybody who's been a Girl Scout or a campfire girl knows that you can't make a fire with just fuel and heat you know, you need oxygen. Fire can't be created in a vacuum. And in that diet and exercise model, all anybody's focused on is the fuel and the heat. So what you, what you think and feel and believe about things also really matters. And so if you're miserable eating the salad, stop eating the salad, but you're, you're going to fight yourself on that because you're in that diet and exercise model. So that is the, that is going to be the hardest thing to do but once you, once you get out of that, you know, everything, you know, you start to see things in a different perspective and it's just practice every, every time you see something that every time you have a thought and, and here's the other thing that this, this is why, this is why we all feel so awful. Okay. The diet and exercise model says that if you're not the size or shape you want to be, you are unmotivated, undisciplined, or, you know, bad things. You're lazy or you're stupid. So if we're not the size or shape we want to be, we feel bad because we've kind of internalized this thing. Well, that is a big fallacy because yes, you are responsible for what you eat. And yes, you are responsible for what you do for exercise. But the fact that you're responsible for what you eat and responsible for what you do for exercise does not mean that you can control the outcome, you know? And, and I see that I see that in different industries where in my own path of like trying to figure this stuff out, attorneys, surgeons, you know, it's like an attorney can do everything right and make every perfect argument. And, you know, it's up to a jury. Who knows what the jury's gonna do? 
they can't control the outcome. You know, a surgeon can do everything right by the book and still have a bad outcome, you know? And so you, you can do everything. You are responsible for what you do, but you're not responsible for the outcome. And you know, that creates two situations. One is like, oh, glory, hallelujah, it's not my fault. <laughs> you know, like, oh, thank you. You know, I, I'm not bad. And the other one, if you're like me, it would have like totally freaked you out. Like, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I want to control my body. Don't tell me that. But I think if this is a group of moms, you already kind of understand that on some level. You know, it's like your body went through all of those changes, you know, as you were growing the babies and then having the babies and, and then now it's a different kind of body. And it's also, you can do everything right as a mom and you can't control your kids. So, you know, it's like, be happy with you doing your best and let everything else kind of fall away. So that that's the first thing. That is so important to remember for every part of life. I mean, this applies yeah. to everything, not just eating, right? All we can do yeah. is like work hard and do what we love and do as good a job and, you know, everything else is, it's not up to us. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we forget that. And, and we forget, we forget that, but then also we fall victim to that. And again, nobody's the bad guy, but you know, like, because there's an industry there's a weight loss industry. There's a fitness industry. They're going to use that idea that you can control the outcome if you just do the things we tell you to. Yeah. You know, this is this this is the diet that's going to help you control the outcome. This is the workout that's going to help you control the outcome. And it's like, no, you got to remember that you can't control the outcome. It's so true. Carmela, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I could too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like we're only scratching the surface here. You have such great ideas. I love your enthusiasm. I love that even in the book, you're like, I'm going to write the way I talk and forget about pronouns. And like, this is it. And like, enjoy my book. And it's just open and honest the way you've been here today. And all it's going to do is just help more and more people. So I'm glad you didn't yes. wait. It's so yes. nice that it's out there. I happen to also love this cover. I think it's just fantastic. So congratulations on this book. Thank and you. I encourage everybody listening to go get it. Food is not a four-letter word and get inspired by you and just like get shifted back into a mindset that's so easy to slip out of over the years. Right. So thank you yeah. for sharing all of your great stuff. And I'm sorry for the pain you've been through in your life, but thank you for oh. turning that into something to help other people. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. I oh, just good. love you. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry. Like went by in two seconds. I know. It feels like it. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Stay in touch. Already Bye -bye. you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.